This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Uh, we've gone blank from the look of that. I'm not sure. Oh, we're back again. Kind of. My lunch. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm Gomi. I'm, I don't know, a random person on the internet. Um, I have played the statistic, uh, played a part as a statistic on a government chart, and I will leave it there for the moment. Hey, guys. It's Rem. I'm uh, in the post-Gen Con fuzz, uh, also the post-COVID fuzz. So, you know feeling great and uh got my blue light reflecting on my my darkened uh <laughs> um, internal feelings right now <laughs> i know people are saying they people were saying they can't hear me hold on okay is oh. this is this better can people hear me now good okay Waiting for the chat to respond. Yeah, I'm waiting for we'll the chat to happens. respond. Okay. No, now we can. Uh, as always, audio drivers reset what my priority <laughs> mic was. I love when that happens. Anyways, mm. uh, that's why I on the tech segment, which is what we we're going to be opening with, um, <laughs> as we usually do. Um, just because, I mean, the past few sessions, it has been um, pretty spooky. So what, what do you have for us today? <laughs> <laughs> um, more updates from the darkest timeline? Um, the lame dark timeline. I'm sorry. Uh, very much so. Um, there's a supermarket AI app, uh, meal planner app in New Zealand uh, that suggested a recipe that would create chlorine gas. As you would by accident, I suppose, if you didn't really know what you're doing. Um, mm. it's just, as I said, it's interesting times all around. Um, Google's wanting uh, or says it wants AI systems to be able to mine publishers' work unless they actually opt out. Uh, this is to basically feed the AI engines more data. Um, and they're also calling for a relaxation of Australian copyright law so they can actually mine more information from websites as well. So, um, yeah, I, I can see the faces you're pulling. And, um, yeah, it comes down to do you trust these people? They, they they had me at the uh the the machine the ghost in the machine is telling you how to make mustard gas. Yeah. Um good lord. I mean I I've, yes. I've seen like I've seen like the like the TikTok accidents where people are like, oh they're accidentally like mixing together like chlorine gas or mustard oh. gas in their like in their toilet bowl. That's like mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, I get a ten thousand monkeys 
at a typewriter. So yep. one of the little right Shakespeare, I guess, but so yeah. is that a representative of the AI already turning evil or uh, someone behind it pushing the buttons and like, yeah, go ahead. Make well, the- it's hard to know because AI is a black box. We don't know what's going on inside its head. Much like most humans, you can't crack it open and have a look inside. Um, um, I mean, this is another one for sporting venues across Australia. Um, they're now looking at equipping uh, facial recognition technology. And I don't know how widespread this is in other places, um, but it's sort of a, a shift towards the more surveillance state kind of thing that's going on. Um, but for me, I suppose the really interesting one is what Google's put together this project which is proposing a web environment integrity thing, which is basically um, your computer with your client and the way you've set it up will take a record, will take a, a cryptographic hash of it or something and send that out as a token. So when you access a website, the website can decide, all oh, right, you're, you're running this operating system, you're using this, you're this person, all right, okay, we'll, we'll happily display content to you. So it's designed to sort of um, <clears throat> see if they trust their visitors, but it's also a one-way street, really. Um, but there are examples they give is like um, detecting face, fake engagement on social media, uh, phishing campaigns, uh, non-human web traffic, uh, bulk hijacking attempts, game cheating, compromised devices, et cetera, et cetera. But on the flip side, um, it may also um, disallow um, ad blocking. Uh, it might block the uh, certain browsers or certain operating systems. The Linux community is a little concerned about that one because being only 1% of the entire um, world market means that they don't get much of a say in how things work. Um, it may limit uh, web scraping, which is largely legal, but also disallowed under um, websites, terms of services, and um, exclude software that would allow downloading from, say, YouTube or Netflix or wherever you choose. So... Um, what is it? Vivaldi, which is another web browser, uh, one of their developers, uh, underlines the vagueness of the proposal and says that it leaves significant margin for potential abuse like collecting behavioural data. Uh, more on the smaller scale of collecting behavioural data, um, I noticed a wide article on uh, how do you protect yourself if your school uses surveillance technology, which is becoming more and more commonplace. You may sigh, but the thing is that I can, some of me sees both sides of the argument, but the thing is it depends on where you draw that line and where does privacy exist? Um, and that's but, an important question. None of that has been defined first. So we just keep trucking on forward while yeah. we're fixing the tracks behind us, like, and not even doing a good job at that. So yeah. it, it's, I, I've gone, I think, Gomi, from your section of, of the Jeff Goldblum references to like more um, of community when when Troy walks in uh, with the pizza box and the apartment is just on fire uh, and just looks around. Like, yeah, here it is. Yeah, and I'm, I do want to sort of dive in eventually into the surveillance state and surveillance capitalism because that's that's a whole area unto itself, and we'll take a bit of time. But I mean, there's a whole reason why I started with the lyrics from Invisible Sun, because it feels more like that dystopian future that um, the police sang about back in 81, 82. But yeah, so schools using surveillance tech. Um, yeah, facial recognition systems, biometric data, monitoring apps in educational institutions, this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, uh, pass cards to wave and enter a, a location be it a classroom or whatever. Um, and as I suppose, I mean, I feel like as society breaks down, these things are going to become more commonplace, unfortunately. But there's a whole ethical issue around um, what is a person's right to privacy. And I could quite easily sidestep into Australian privacy laws because, oh my fucking God, <laughs> um, they've some of the most questionable, let's put it that way. 
Um, so the first one is the metadata one, where they'll note who you talk to, um, time duration, communication style, all that kind of stuff. And when the NSA's, one of their high-ups has stated that they kill people based on metadata, it makes me a little concerned. Um, but that is part of it, really. Um, so the second what, yeah. what I'm hearing is it's it. So Australia, for the rest of the world, we we tease that Australia is uh, is you know God's science experiment. You know, dog sized spiders, <laughs> everything tries to kill you. Um, but now it's also uh, like the political science experiment too, where it's like let's mm. see. If it goes wrong, we we just blow up Australia. That's all. Like let's let's look. A lot of things get tested here, right? Um, I mean, as a kid, do you guys remember Pop Tarts? Those wonderful little yeah. confectionaries that would occasionally explode inside your toaster. Hey. After I heard a news article about that, the local like discount disposal food places had hundreds of the bloody things because uh, they just dumped them here. Oh my lord! Because oh. we hadn't reached that conclusion yet. Um, you know, uh, we're uh, tarts, in... but... mm, sorry. We still have pop tarts, but I guess maybe less explodey ones. I don't. I don't know. It was the strawberry flavor because I just remember seeing shelves and shelves of the strawberry flavor pop tart pop tarts. I mean, and it, uh, that's missed opportunity to have the exploding ones be the cherry flavor, so you make it, you know the cherry bomb joke. Uh, uh... <laughs> but uh, that's that. That is. Huh. See, like, w like way less malicious than, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, island nation need to you know test out all kinds of weird shit. And they had to, you won't have to cross the ocean, but that's I, I've been playing. I've been playing too much of what uh, was a uh, epidemic, that game where you like you're the mad scientist <laughs> creating like creating the you know, like the zombie virus. Yeah, Australia, Australia is always the hard one. Well, yes, but, you know, playing the board game Risk, Australia is a reasonably good place to start. You can hold there for a long time, but it's a bit hard to push out from there if you're mm -hmm. playing yeah. the game. Um, but, yeah, next one was the, the next thing that got passed in 2018 was this um, Assistance and Access Act, which mandates that companies uh, should provide access to their encryption knowledge and to, or to create the capacity to try. I allowing companies to break their own encryption in case the government would like it. Mm. Um, which is you know, a backbone to the internet. And then, of course, there's that one step further where we have this um, surveillance legislation that is designed to disrupt criminal networks by allowing, uh, I suppose, police officers and uh, selected officials, including, yeah, I'm not, um, to basically modify, add, copy or delete data on a person's account. Um, I mean, when these first came out, there was a bit of a question around fabrication of evidence and that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, Australia's kind of leading the way in a lot of those regards. I'd be so, curious to see what the laws are elsewhere as well. I, in, in, I, I have a book here, actually, because um, we all know my love of Shep. Uh, but I've been looking at <laughs> the, the anarchy rules, and mm -hmm. they have, like, a whole list of um, dates of, like, world events and stuff like that in the oh. world of Shadowrun. And of course, like we're, we've been, we, I say we, cause I've had the Kool-Aid now, but Catalyst and FASA before them has, has been like kind of predictive in a lot of ways mm -hmm. of what's been coming. Like in 2000, it's 2010 or 2013, the VTOS virus in uh, Shadowrun comes to life and wipes out a quarter of the world's population. And, you know, only 13 years later is is COVID. Um, yes. We're like two years behind in goblinization. So I'm waiting to get my <laughs> health years um, like that. That is supposed to come. But in. I think it's 2030. I'm like going to go through this real fast and try to find it again. But in 2030, I think is uh, in Shadowrun, the first major matrix crash. Um where the, the U.S. splits uh, into, like, several, like, the United Confederate States of America, the uh, Native American nations, uh, or, no, uh, United Canadian American states. 
Anyway, yeah, the U.S. and Canada uh, split up the top. And the yeah, stuff but like there. I'm waiting for the major matrix crash that comes. Um, if, if we get full VR, don't plug in uh, in about ten years. Like just take a year off. Uh, <laughs> like a year to the right, really. Yeah, all of that happens where it's like it, it's been predictive, and now like with what you're saying about all the the you know again like we're we're riding full speed down the tracks here and we aren't laying the foundation before we <laughs> drive over it. Um, so yeah, I'm waiting for that to, it's 2029 is the predicted year. If we have full VR, I, there's been sort of online dot hack if you're a geriatric millennial like me. So like, like guys, we've been we've been conditioned that plugging into plugging into full full brain space game bad. It never ends well. Yeah, but we're talking literally about what Shadowrun has been around 35 years for and telling us not to do. And, and we're like, you know, it'd be great AI. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They've got yeah the fucking yeah. I mean, the Lex Luthor looking guy going, but what if money? Yeah, like yeah. I'm I'm waiting for uh, CFD to to start where the AI becomes sentient. And oh, can yeah. go into your meat um, brain and start overwriting your memories. That's going to be great. Um, strange that you talk about memories <clears throat> and mind control. Um, Google has developed a mind-reading AI, yeah. uh, which can tell what music you have listened to based on your brain signals. So put the little hat on and uh, get it to listen in. Listen, the only hat I'm putting on is the sorting one because it is <laughs> and not science. <laughs> Um, yeah, to take it a step further, Stanford scientists um, can control specific brain cells at a distance uh, by injecting something that is related to chili peppers into your brain and then uses infrared light to trigger a response. I have no idea where this will go. Yeah, but... it's, put some, some, yeah, it's put some Tabasco in my, in my central cortex, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's Hunger Games too. It's the the tracker jacker venom. Like we're going to make you hallucinate, and that's going to overwrite your memories too. So you well, know that. Yeah, but the thing is that um, it allows them to trigger certain responses. So um, I, I can't remember the, the exact experiment, but they basically wired up to mice's brains their pleasure center a button, and the mice would tap the button until they starved to death. Um, so you know. <clears throat> Having a remote control that could trigger pain or pleasure in, in people around you because you've injected them with the right sort of drugs using infrared light is kind of sus. Um, and I have no idea how they'd get the ethical pass for these sorts of things, but they seem to have. There's already the no ethical pass for the stuff that they're doing now. Like, yeah. they, no, they don't care. Yes, yeah, they'll, they'll say, okay, have... we could use this to treat Alzheimer's, but we're not going to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I... Once again, Gomi, your um, section leaves me uh, disheartened for humanity, uh, frustrated, and now my mood is going to just change to red. Like, that's just... <laughs> Very red. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'm just stating the stuff I happen to find online. Now, this is, as I said, the lamest timeline. Um, I mean, the thing is, there's also some cool stuff like um, ultrasound um, inducing a torpor-like state in animals. So, you know, the right sort of ultrasound played over mice can make them sort of drift off to sleep. Um, it helps regulate sleep, temperature, metabolism, all that sort of stuff. And so it stimulates that brain area and sort of gets them to relax. Now, in Cyberpunk, I remember in one of the Chromebooks, there was the nauseator, which is a sound-based weapon for crowd suppression. But you then add this, and it's crowd sleeping. And, and there's a there's a precedence for something for things like that in in nature to a a, a couple of extents. Like one, there's the you know, the pistol shrimp, which literally just like it claps its claws so hard things just die. Um, yeah, no, the, no, the pistol shrimp, tiny little thing, but it'll just see a fish and just like it'll do like snap its like Thanos snap at it, and it'll just the, like the sonic pressure is so intense, yep. it'll just like it'll it'll just disrupt the signals in the brain and kill it. Um, but then, well, the vibrations underwater are actually a lot more powerful yeah. when they impact the body. It's like being punched. Yeah, but the, but the one that I I encountered firsthand um, when I was when I was working as a zookeeper 
uh, was I've you know, heard the especially from from my granddad, you know, who was a, you know a hunter, and from you know, other you know people that worked in like this like the zoo circuit say, oh no, like a, a, ti a tiger's roar, it'll just shut down, it'll shut your body down. And I was like, ah, like sure, man, whatever. And but then I saw someone who just was got too close to the the tiger that was eating. Um, made a face at it, and it roared at him point blank, and that man just had the lights shut off. He just went, after, like, complete Gary's Mod ragdoll moment when oh, I, wow. yeah, when his body went, oh, 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 yeah, and yeah, the lizard, like, if you've played Disco Elysium, the primordial lizard brain just goes, that's bad, and yeah, no, the, the, how, how sound can impact the, uh, mm. well, I mean, you know, people, you know, people listen to music, it'll affect brain chemistry and stuff too, but something like yeah. that level is nuts. Well, um, anything above, um, I think it's 160, 170 decibels, which is 160 is the sound of a shotgun going off right next to your ear, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, that creates about one pound per square inch of pressure. Um, if you go above 194, it's where sound becomes a shock wave, not a pressure wave. And that's the kind of thing that's going to be knocking you around, that kind of stuff. I mean, hell, when, um, what is it? Krakatoa exploded, it was like 350 decibels of sound for an explosion. Um, so fairly intense kind of stuff. But that, and that's just the pressure side of things, not to do with the frequencies and all the other stuff, like bats hearing with their sonar stuff. Um, look, moving into, I suppose, nicer territory. Um, do you know the author Tad Williams? Most people should. Uh, Stone's Farewell, he's done a heap of stuff um, over the years, but there's a Humble Bundle of 20, 21 books of his, uh, e-books, up on Humble Bundle. Oh, we're talking about books now? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going straight into the Humble Bundles that I've looked, because that's happier moments, really. I'd like to escape this world for a little bit and just you know, enjoy myself. And I've enjoyed his novels. They're always, I found them well-written. So um, if you're after Pathfinder, there is a Pathfinder Tales uh, book bundle, um, which about 40 or so uh, novels, short stories, I suspect. I haven't had a close look because I'm, you know, I'm not a huge Pathfinder fan, but this is all related to Galerion. Um, Hero Labs has something else that's Pathfinder-ish, including six-month subscription and access to digital copies of the Pathfinder 2 eBooks. And Traveller, which is a nice, cool sci-fi system. Again, you've got 16 books of that one. Uh, enough to get your game started. Um, also, in terms of online, or well, not online gaming, but uh, things like uh, Baldur's Gate, the computer game series and that sort of stuff. I assume this is in relation to because Baldur's Gate 3 has just come out. Mm -hmm. So you've got um, a humble bundle around Beyond Baldur's Gate, basically, which is, you know, Pathfinders, Rash of the Righteous, Netherwinter Nights, Planescape, and a, a series of the Baldur's Gate stuff. Um, if you're into a post-apocalyptic gaming, um, is it Modius? No. Modifius? No. Modifius, that's the one. Modifius, yeah. Um, yeah, they've got a humble bundle with Fallout and Dishonored in it, um, oh, and a a bunch of 3D terrain to suit that. So you can print off your stuff to have a, a fairly fancy tabletop. And also a 20% discount for Fallout, Elder Scrolls and uh, Dishonored stuff. So if you want to be going that post-apocalyptic path. Um, and there's also another humble bundle for 3D printed uh, sci-fi modern wasteland kind of train, terrain. So terrains, figures, et cetera, et cetera, which yeah, covers most of your things. And there's also a um, small skirmish game port across the dead earth. Um, I did say something for RuneScape, but I looked at it and thought, well, that has the mark of microtransactions with its uh, rune coins, umbral chests and keys and stuff. So I'm personally very leery about that sort of stuff. Bundle holding's got a whole... Sorry? Understandably. Right. Hmm. It's the... Continue. Sorry. Yeah. This is a lot of That's information. Okay. It's filtering through and I left yeah, out yeah. one thing yeah. and went, ah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'm... Yeah, as I could, I can talk crap forever. Um, Dice Geeks has got this interesting era bundle, which I've just picked up, and I haven't had a chance to read them yet. But it's basically 11 PDFs full of tables covering different time eras. So you've got modern, steampunk, cyberpunk, uh, fantasy, et cetera, et cetera. And it's designed to give you, I suppose, more randomly generated content for your game, which I look at and go, yep, that's a, that's a plus from me, which is why I grabbed it. And I'll read it in the coming month. 
Um, Green Ronin has got um, two bundles up on Bundler Holding. Blue, I love that. Blue Rose Adventures, Aldean uh, Adventures, with their adventure game engine. So uh, Blue Rose, back in the day, um, mm-hmm. like before it became cool to be woke, um, they like dared in Blue Rose to have representation and like uh, treat you know gay people as people. Um, and they got a lot of flack for that. Uh, they got death threats. They had all kinds of stuff. So Green Ronin, good company. Blue Rose, amazing stuff. Cool. Go get it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I find those sorts of points of view just, you know, yeah, it's people are people, I suppose. Um, Runehammer Games has got uh, its index card RPG up on Humble Bundle as well. Sorry, Bundle Holding. I've got to get these two right. Um, and the guy who did uh, Demon Lord Legacies and Shadow of the Demon Lord has got a new Kickstarter up, uh, Shadow of the Weird Wizard. Uh, this is Robert J. Schwab. I'm going to mispronounce that because I'm hopeless with just the entire English language in general. Um, but that sort of rounds up a lot of things. I mean, there's some good stuff out there if you what you're looking for. Um, and, yeah, so I could wander into more darkness with the surveillance state, but I think I'll leave that where it is for the time. I will change my color. (laughs) Let's, uh, but, uh, rather than I think delve into, but like back, back into the, 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 the the grim darkness of the not so far future, um, Mm. the grim darkness of the, of the unfortunately near and present here and now. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Let's, uh, let's shift gears since we were just talking about the humble bundle. Uh, Let's shift over to, uh, to tabletop. Hopefully that will give us something to be joyous about or at least laugh at a little bit. Hey, yeah, that's, uh, that's me. So, um, we've got, we've got stuff to talk about. So, um, you, you talked, of course, you talk every week about AI. Um, so Watsy got into a little bit of trouble. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's been it's been two weeks. We got to hear about Watsy. <laughs> so apparently, um, they uh, people have found uh, AI art in um, their newest books. So they're um, yep, they're facing more backlash, and I, it's hard to tell even at this point, like what is just negligence or like what is intentional? What it like, do they have an artist that just turned this in? Do they have, and nobody checks? Do they like, how, how do you, Watsi? How do you? Do you trust your artists? Like if you say, well, these are our guidelines. It's like, we expect you to produce stuff within, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, in the last six months since this whole AI thing blew up, the question becomes like, well, are artists allowed to use it? Yes or no? And what, where does that line sit? And I think initially, like, you look at a product coming out now, wouldn't they lock that down like four, five, six months ago? So if you've got well, someone who's playing the bleeding edge, they may have got before their policies changed. Just to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, it's interesting, again, like, because we don't know what happens behind the scenes and who they're they're hiring and who they've had and stuff like that. But um, San Diego Comic-Con um, was three weeks ago, four weeks ago now, and uh, they had, they booted an artist from the floor that was a vendor that was selling AI art. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like, it's figuring, if, if, if we're, again, putting the train if we're driving the train and there's no tracks laid yet, um, which side, which side do you take and which side is, is right or helpful. And like, I mean, my go, go to is kind of, we just don't know yet. So wait and see, and don't do the stupid thing. Like, don't just like wallow in there and be like, it's cool. Like when, when you don't know and you haven't, again, perspectives are limited, right? So I'm yeah. not an artist. And so I'm not going to make a decision like that for artists that think in a different way than I do. Yeah. Personally, um, I would experiment with the space, but I wouldn't be releasing my published work using that stuff because it's like nobody knows about it, you know. And like if you're producing stuff that is copy, you know, you based off copyrighted material, say, um, you know, as soon as you... Uh, see, again, for his question, was he selling AIR as his own art or as AI? Uh, this is a, oh, for, 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 for 
or the Comic Con one? The con. Uh, the con. I. I. I'm not sure. I was. Um, I was there. I'm not sure. Um, I know the the artists were celebrating. You were there. We should have. Mm, um, it, it, it it was fucking chaos. <laughs> yeah, it it was nuts. But um, but yeah. So so I'm not sure. I know that like I I knew one artist that was there and they were celebrating that he was ejected. So um, that's all I really know. So um, yeah. So uh, AI art uh, still still a thing um, that we're figuring out in the gaming industry. Um, but basically like rule of thumb seems to be from what I, I see on the inside of the game industry is like, if it could cost someone salary, like there, there's someone I'm, I'm talking to right now about a Kickstarter where it's like, they have an AI rule book that can help answer your questions, but they've also built the rule book. So they paid a writer to do the rule book, to, to do the layout, to do the art for the rule book and everything. So they've done that. And then AI is an additional supplement. And so like, I'm still kind of sitting back, like, how do I feel about this? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, well, yes. there's meant to be a... No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, there's meant to be a, like an on online thing where you can upload a rule book and then ask it questions and the AI will respond based on that rule book. So, you know, it's an existing document that's been interrogated by this language system. And, and yeah, in and, and one sense, like, because you know, ask, ask for like three, D, three DMs and three players uh, about like 3.5 grapple rules and you'll be getting a different take every time. Um, yeah. So having, having a tool like that would be like a great mediation. It's like, oh, well, you know, I've, you know, the, the, so the cyber brain has crunched the numbers here. It is <laughs> as like a non-partial rules is written um, or if at the very least rules, rules as intended. Um, but you know, the, the, the thing that, that really, um, that sticks in my craw about this like the AI the the AAR was well one like they released a statement which was you know good job uh it was the the bare minimum but like I've got like teachers from college have been working on the these D and D books since I was a college student like since you know since fifth edition first came out you know uh like one of my teachers he did like the 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 Oni and I think one of the vampires and a few like a few of the other like you know, monster manual pieces. Um, it's just like to see this, like, especially it was like, oh, we we had no idea his his art was AI, and the guy has his own like AI art NFT business on the side. Um, I'm just like, mm. but that to, to me that also I think we're looking at now like two for two when uh, something did not go through proper QA and like qual like quality assurance uh, between this and then the the menstrual art with the Hadazi with Spelljammer, yeah. they need to have someone do a better you know fine-tooth comb with well, this shit it's hard because like i sit on the line the line where it's i'm not a skeptical person so i like to trust until be given until i'm given a reason not to but i've also been a manager which means i need to trust but verify and and so it's like doing that double check or or you know in the gaming industry you don't have as much of a like well, let's process your application and do a background check and figure out like, it have do you have any uh, NFT sites on the side? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's it, it's hard the, to, to do. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the gaming industry in, den in general, the margins are razor thin, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, where you can cut corners, and I'm not saying cutting corners is good. You you trim the fat and you run the express train. And yeah, it's there's risks with that sort of course of action. Well, um, and but yeah. I think also it's it's how you handle it. And Watsi is a big company. Like one of the things that you know, I'm I'm a white woman. Uh, I come from a place of of privilege, right? And I don't know what I don't know. So one of the things uh, that that comes to mind for me is we were running Shadowrun on Gen Con TV. And my players got um, got upset, and we took a break and, and talked about it. Well, we were talking about um, uh, Black Ice, the the programming that will hunt you down and stuff like that uh, in the Matrix. And I thought they were all upset because of Ice, given you know Ice and and um, yeah. and uh, immigration and all that kind of stuff, which understandable and stuff like that. But spelled different, and you know, like I I, I was kind of in the middle of that one. 
But here, what happened was there was a type of black ice called tar baby ice. And I didn't realize that tar baby is actually a very offensive, um, has a very offensive history. Um, so as soon as I realized that I, and we talked about it, I actually emailed the line developer for Shadowrun. He was like, cool, it's out of the next printing already done. Um, Brilliant. so again, like it's how you handle those situations. And I don't see that. That's what we don't see Watsy doing, right? Like we don't yeah. see them like, oh shit, we fucked up. We're real sorry. Um, we're going to back this up, this train up a little bit. And, and I'm in trains today. I don't know what the, what the deal is, <laughs> train yeah. day. but we're going to, we're going to make this right. And here's how, um, and, well, and that's what I love about what MCDM did with one of their printings of their, um, it wasn't flea mortals. It was one of the other ones. Um, Kings of warfare. They discovered a whole bunch of typos and mistakes. And so they were really upfront with all their kickstarters and saying, Hey, how do you want this dealt with? And, you know, I think that's the kind of course or piece of action that a WOTC really needs to take with what they're doing, you know, to start that community engagement and say, hey, look, this, we did this. Uh, yeah, okay, that's not right. We need to fix it. Well, it's, and- it's hard because, you know, you've got Hasbro behind it, who's so out of touch with this side of the industry where, like, people are involved and people do want to uh, their opinions to matter and their voices to matter. It's a, it's a very chatty community. Um, And so like, I I get the perspective of normal business where it's like, Oh, we, we are not going to acknowledge. We're not going to acknowledge. We're not going to acknowledge, but that's not what this industry demands. Um, So it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, you look at gaming and gaming is a very people focused kind of thing, you know, where, the product that is produced is the rule set is just designed to support it. It's not the product. The product yeah. is you and a bunch of friends around a table having a damn good time telling stupid jokes and just having fun with it. And the whole mechanism of role play is meant to sort of enable that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So let's talk about non watsy Yeah. <laughs> Because no, yeah, uh, I've I still have yet to be to a, uh, go to a Gen Con, so I'm excited to hear what uh what what yum mm-hmm. what yummy things came out. So well, there there's two two big things that I so I was very busy at Gen Con, so I didn't get to hear and do as much as I I would have liked to. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, I did hear that Renegade is going to be releasing a Welcome to Night Vale RPG. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be pretty neat. <laughs> I've 20 episodes in and I sort of got distracted and stopped listening, but oh boy, that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, bizarre and silly and goofy. And uh, like, there's so many IPs that are up for grabs out there right now. And, and people are saying yes to it when it comes to gaming, which is pretty cool. Um, the other thing that was too big at Gen Con is the release of Lorcana, uh, which is the magic of uh, the Disney Magic the Gathering uh, card game. So it started Thursday. Like the lines went around part of the con- the front of the convention center, out the side doors, across the convention center, out the door, uh, and around the block for um, at at Gen Con and at the Indianapolis Convention Center, and. Uh, Finally, they, they didn't have queues set up. So Thursday, it was just a zoo. And then Friday, they had stanchions set up and everything. And people started, the first time they'd done this with uh, at Gen Con before, where people could start lining up when the hall closed the previous day at 6 p.m. and could wait in line until the hall opened at 10 a.m. and, and go in. Uh, so it was nuts. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's all the, the drama that comes with it. Like, uh, it, these are different types of gamers. Like you're either there because you love magic and this is a new thing. You're there cause you love Disney. Uh, you want the rare cards cause you want to sell them and make a profit. Like there's, there's these different conflicting reasons people are there and it's not the usual Gen Con experience. So there was a fight in the line that happened. Oh, uh, there was, yeah, there was, um, uh, people were, were, selling all like within minutes of getting their box they opened the box found the rare cards i don't know how they know which ones are which already and uh they were selling them on ebay for thousands of dollars wow. uh, 
Well, the one ring card that was up on somewhere for, or people were asking for one or two million dollars for that card. Yeah. Because there's only. I think it was like, was, was it like, I think Post Malone is the end up end up getting it like i know it's like 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 a bit a big name rapper that i'm blanking on the name now that i'm on the on the, i'm under the spotlight but yeah they um yeah like like a big name musician picked it up and you know like yeah. won the auction it's like more power tube also good lord yeah. well it, i wonder as well because this was the first year that gen con was kind of back in their numbers from the pre-covid you know like they were at i think for their 50th anniversary they were at like seventy thousand. The number I heard, I don't know if this is accurate, but the number I heard thrown around at the con this year was 85,000. And oh so God. you start to wonder, like, how many people are just getting their ticket just to get Lorcana and go? Um, yeah. That the rest of Gen Con they don't care about. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it was a bizarre experience. It was different than the usual Gen Con for that reason. Um, the other thing that happened, uh, there was a, a heist that occurred during setup uh, where two individuals um, walked onto the, the, the setup floor, the vendor hall floor um, and pallet jacked onto a cart um, $300,000 worth of Pokemon cards. Pokemon is the last thing I've heard. <laughs> so, and like Indianapolis police have been looking for these two guys. They have, uh, uh, video surveillance of them. They apparently got into a van or something like that. But I mean, the I've great story of Gen Con Pokemon heist of twenty twenty. Yeah. Right, the, the only thing of that, like that level of like comic book, like Gotham City. I, I'm I'm gonna steal the I'm gonna steal the Gotham City Diamond, Batman. Like that kind of <laughs> like mustache trolling villainry was at uh, Comic Con in the like the mid to late aughts. Um, where uh, a, a San Diego bank was robbed by a guy just as Darth Vader and stormtroopers, <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm like, that's the perfect guy because there's so many Vaders and stormtroopers. Uh, no, it um, was, it was absolute, it was absolute madness. Um, no, I it, this is yes, this is like someone paid Payday two or Payday two got. The worst kind of inspiration. Yeah, yeah, uh, Rio Pell, that that's a thing that happened. I I, I was because during that time I, I, I said an associate that I we get my ticket through just by shipping books. Um, yeah, they you know, haul his books from uh, from L.A. down to San Diego. That's where I usually get my badge. Um, I, I I was like on the way back, like hearing that, um, just like in like in you know in the like the liminal space of the back rooms. Um, yeah, that you just, yeah, Darth Vader and Stormtroopers just robbed a freaking bank in downtown San Diego. And it's just that, yeah, because everything's congested, the police are going to take way longer to show up. Uh, the costumes can just be tossed into, yeah. the, into the trash once you melt to the crowd. Like, that's how dare. Yeah. Um, I believe they ended up getting they ended up getting caught because like the costume gloves were too thin, so they were they like not thick enough to uh with the fingerprints. Yeah, to cover to uh, keep finger, fingerprints from transplanting, so they were able to find them. Mm. But still, it, oh, wow. the fact that that, that, that happened, that someone went like, "I've got an idea." Um, no, that was. But it's, it's also thinking like Christopher Nolan's Batman movie, where the uh, the Joker goes in with the team, and they're all in the same sort of mask and get up. Yeah. Did he hear about this? <laughs> Um, or does somebody copy the movie, vice versa? Um, yeah, I'm also curious, as Ganthor did on the chat, about what would be the percentage that the, the fixer would take for, for trading the Pokemon cards? Or are these diehard fans that are going to hold on to them forever? I mean, if you steal that, like, a, a dollar value of Pokemon cards, like that many Pokemon cards, and you and just for the sentimentality and not to resell them, I guess, like, more power to you you're you're more of a like a joker rorschach type than uh than two-face i guess but uh. yeah it's it's uh man that's wild um and and mm -hmm. to value them because again like all they they all have different 
values. So to be able to value them at $300,000, and it doesn't even look like that big of a pallet because you're talking like, gosh, what does it cost to produce a card pack? Maybe a dollar. Um, that. I mean, a real yeah, estate well, is something like depends that. Depends on how many cards come in it and how fancy the wrapper is. Like, it's, but going for $300,000, man. Um, so that, that happened at Gen Con. Um, Would that make them more valuable on the secondary market that they'd been lifted from Gen Con? It's just a weird question. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, you know, if you know that you're this not, box you're not wrong, you're, you're out of line, but you're right. Um, yeah, it'd have to be the values of the packs, but it's just, I'm just thinking, would it? Because you look at, at, at weird things like the penny black stamp that got used, um, or that was unused, because and there's one with a misprint yeah. that is more valuable because it's unique. And so this makes all those cards on those pal on that palette, as long as they're, I suppose, plastic wrapped in their boxes with the, the shipping information on them, more potentially more valuable. Yeah. So it's yeah. Anyhow, sorry. Well, um, so that was uh the downturn of Gen Con. Um and then coming up next, because I know we're we're getting close to the top of the hour, it's uh is Dragon Con. So um that's the big one in Atlanta. Big on cosplay. Um, I think that's the first weekend in September. So it's uh, that's coming up, and that's a whole nother. That, that's one of the things that's exciting about all the different conventions. Is they each have their own personality and their own like theme. So even if it's there's multiple that are board game or whatever, you're going to get a different experience. Like Gen Con is the spectacle. Um, you know, San Diego Comic Con is everything that's even like tangentially nerdy. It's like they had a NASA booth there. Um, Funko Pop had like a whole village. Um, you have uh, uh, every type of anime, every type of um, like what's the the, the Lore Olympus, the um, Hades and Persephone graphic novel that's been like a huge romantic thing that had a huge mm -hmm. line. Like so, you've got every and, and Marvel, you've got everything there. Um, where Gen Con is gaming is board gaming particularly um and then you've got you know dragon con which is all cosplay and a little bit of gaming and uh, a little, few other things but the beautiful thing about going to a cosplay convention is you get to see all these wonderful costumes it's like i found someone who had um done moss from the it crowd and he had a little well he had a little internet with them um so she gender bent the role and that sort of stuff and it was just cool. glorious to see but it just, you know, wandering around a con, you kind of get to see snippets. But one of the great things is actually being in the artist alley and I was helping out for a table and just being able to see all these people just drift past casually and you just get to see so much more of it. Yeah. As an experience. Yeah. The talent and, and skill that goes into uh, some of those costumes, the makeup, the effects, mm. the, all of that stuff is really cool. Yeah. The, the, uh... <gasps> The, and one thing that was a little, a little strange because it would be the is like the, kind of the first time of me of my time attending Comic Con that had more or less returned to form, um, of it being more comic related, um, because of the the still ongoing writer strike and then the actor strike that kicked up kind of right before it, um, I guess that this will be our segue into the uh into to geek into geek shit unless uh you've got more to add. Uh, Rem. No, please take it away. All right. So, but uh, but yeah, it was uh for the first time in a long time, Comic Con was mostly about comics. Um, the the Hades Persephone uh graphic novel was the I definitely like pick that up. Uh, it was I I do like try and network there when I can, but then like as a writer, and then like the writer strike. Uh, so there were no writers there. Sucked. Um, but you know, still be able to like go in and just like get a, a bunch of comics. Uh, I got myself a little something a little a little special. Those those of you who who know Dune, I got my I got myself the the Atreide signet ring. Uh, it's it is it is it is hefty. Have I told you that Kevin J Anderson is one of my clients? <laughs> That's a discussion for later. Uh, <laughs> But um, but yeah, the um, in, a, in though like there were like a lot of the panels were 
very anemic because yeah, they had to just scramble and do like pre-recorded things. Um, except like for the exception of like in like there was uh, an Indian film, uh, Project K, which is uh, by the guys that did uh, R uh, which is their the same studio is making a big like sci-fi epic. Um, the, none of them are under SAG, so they were there. It, that was cool to see. It was huge spectacle of it. I'm very excited for them for that project. It looks like it looks like Dune and Riddick um, had a, a a very edgy baby, and I'm here for it. Ooh, um, okay. But there's but they're also like uh, getting to see the um, the crossover episode between um, was it a uh, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks was hilarious. Um, and seeing some some sneak peek stuff at the uh, John Wick Continental show, um, that because uh, they they showed some of the action sequences, and despite being an episodic thing, uh, it's like mini series. They're all about like an hour and a half, um, but like the action was on point. Um, nice. They, they they made a it's they elevated it to a something that's that works for films. So I think some of the or mm. for for television is one of the the best choreography I've seen in a show since Into the Badlands, which if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's really cool. It is uh it is Fallout meets uh Chow Yun Fat. Um lots Ooh, of okay. yeah, yeah, it's like, oh my god, it's post apocalypse, very post apocalypse, guns are banned, so everyone does kung fu. It's awesome. Um but uh on things that more immediately released, um mm. the primary things being of course Barbie Heimer, Barbie and Oppenheimer, mm. and uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All of which were amazing. Um, uh, Oppenheimer is the one. It's, I mean, it's Nolan. You kind of come to, um, you you expect as when it's Nolan doing something that is his own work and not something for a you know, pre-existing IP. When he's doing his own thing, he does it really, really well. Um, yeah. And Oppenheimer is one of those where, while you can, if you're interested, uh, you have to go see an IMAX or whatever is near IMAX in your region uh because of, well when you know when the bomb goes off spoiler alert a movie about the atomic bomb has it go off um it, you feel it in, I... you feel it in like the roots of your teeth oh wow because yeah. like i was i saw a promo on it that this was saying that it was as accurate an explosion as they could get without actually detonating a nuclear weapon yep so shit you know they, tnt they... yeah hmm. But as a band of like uh, yeah, the, there are no special effects used for the for the bomb, which is wow. I was like, okay, Nolan, extra, but oh sure. Um, but uh, look, when you there's something different when you catch us capture the scene in the camera. Oh you yeah, know, digital effects never quite look right. They've got a hell of a lot better in the last 20, 30 years. But you know, there's a reason why the thing from nineteen eighty two still holds up today. And stuff like that, then put it into the camera. It's baked into the film. So yeah, sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, Barbie in in kind was hilarious. Like I was always indifferent to Barbie, just because you know I some people some people just hate it. Some people love Barbies into their adult years. It's one of those things where like the only time I always go oh Barbie was when it was it was like it'd be the Happy Meal option when I was you know in my single years. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, like by sing, sing, I mean like single digits, um, I, but did, I do tend to you know get the odd half meal every so often. But hey, um, no, but the um, the the one is the the people that say oh the movie's anti man are just vastly insecure in their own masculinity. Um, it's a the movie's a great talking piece, and I love mm -hmm. the Barbieheimer memes. Uh, got like, <laughs> like theaters just folded like oh yeah get a double feature you know fifty percent off each ticket <laughs> that's genius um, yeah it was a like thoroughly enjoyable very tongue in cheek is the that kind of like fantastic kind of meta level of humor uh, very similar to the the Lego Movie uh, my head canon that they exist in the same cinematic universe um, <laughs> I have to ask about Into the Spider no Across the Spider Verse have you guys seen it yet because I've, yes. I've missed out on it here yes I have not. Yeah, I'm and I'm very sad because I loved Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, the, the 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 new Spider Verse movie is very good. Um, sadly, the studio is overworking their artists. They're they're backing off after they got kind of uh, muck raked on on Twitter or X, formerly formerly known as Twitter. Um, no, I, I love I love the the 
they've renamed it X and called it X Itter or whatever. But in Chinese, Zitter. X is pronounced, uh. is, is pronounced S H I. So that just makes it shitter. Um, <laughs> but so funny story the the X logo. Um, I was I, I went to Twitter, saw that it changed, and then it promptly forgot about it again. So I was trying to X out of a window, and I was hitting the logo. <laughs> whatever yep. it's like for me the sears tower is always going to be the sears tower like no <laughs> yeah. yeah but the um then the 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 one final and, and jumping off of the uh into the spider-verse because the or across spider-verse i think is it but the the oh. into in, into the spider-verse the first of that movie uh started a whole like like renaissance in uh in, you know, in 2d animation and yeah well yeah. it's like 3d as 2d kind of like this weird mix of um that has been taking you know major studios by storm um you know last wish did it uh the post and boots film and from like the the writing and the art style that amazing but then um mm. the latest one to like take that and like twist it and elevate it and make it their own was the uh, teenage ninja turtles mayhem film which okay. i love Really, um, it is. It is the first time the Teenage Ninja Turtles are actual teenagers. Like the like the voice actors, uh, the voice actors yep. all sound like teenagers. They all act like teenagers constantly talking over each other. They're they're speaking in like, in yeah, like like Gen Z and uh, or I guess the Gen Alpha and like current like teenager generation like meme speak. Um, there's a segment in the film where they play uh hey yeah um you know what's going on but it's not like the original song they play the the he-man youtube cut i'm sitting there like no there's just a point in the background of skeletor going yeah i'm like oh my god yeah it's a it's a complete (laughs) complete meme film but it's it's so good because the like the art style is very reminiscent of like if you two, if you were like to like go through like you know your old like high school um like you know composition books, the weird little doodles you do in the margins, it's yep. it's very reminiscent of like that kind of like that kind of like juvenile art style, which it takes some getting used to, but it's so rich. Because you you mentioned Ninja Turtles, I have to humble brag, except I'm not going to be humble about it. Um, so at Gen Con, I got to go to a dinner and I sat next to Joe Manganello. Ah, and he told me all about the original uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles, the uh, black and white that was apparently super dark. Oh, uh, yeah. The original so- graphic novel was very dark, lots of blood, lots of violence. A friend of mine had a copy. Oh, yeah, it was glorious. And then it became discovered by, I don't know, us teens at the time. Or, yeah, because um, I remember, like, I've got a copy of the Turtle Power song on 12-inch single in my record collection because I just, yeah, I was mad for it. Um, you know, play, used to play the computer game as all the way through on a single credit because uh, yeah. much of a misspent youth. But just, like, yeah, just being able to hear his take on it and stuff. It's just, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, super cool. So um, I need to hunt that down and check it out now because uh, – really cool stuff with how like the origin story of splinter and and stuff like that so i'm 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 on board also just honestly anything he told me to do i would probably go do so (laughs) uh but uh yeah no that's the otherwise yeah i'm just i'm just looking forward to to the ahsoka show coming out at the end of the month um i've been i've been chewing the skin off the inside of my cheek looking forward to that movie it's uh or that movie, that show, but yeah. also because it had—it's also I think I think the last performance of one of my one of my favorite actors has been for a long time, Ray Stevenson. Um, and so I, I'm hoping that is you know it it, it sends him off with a bang. Um, I look, we lost um, Ray Ray Stevenson, and then um, I'm blanking. He uh, he was he played the the Titan in Destiny Two. I am terrible with names. Um. Shit, I'm a terrible person. Um, because I've I I love his work. He's he's the concierge in John Wick as well. Ah, uh, oh, it's, right. It's it's um, late. My brain is fried. Uh, I don't know his name, but yes, he died recently. Uh, yeah, at the start of the year, concierge. Uh, 
Lance uh, Riddick. Lance mm-hmm. Riddick. There it is. Sorry, everybody. Um, but you know, but uh, but yeah, Lance. You know, losing Lance Riddick and Ray Stevenson, the you know, actors I've enjoyed the careers of for a very long time. Um, it's I. John Wick Ford was a fa- a fantastic send off. was fun. For, a fantastic send off for Lance. Um, and you know, every every product he every like project he touched in the past few years, like they're you know, they all you know, as I between uh, Destiny Two, uh, Rise and Zero Dawn, like they all just treasured the guy. You know, he he will be missed. He was a fantastic actor, and Ray Stevenson as well. He was Bullstag. He was Punisher for a time. Um, but I'm looking forward to to finally seeing Ahsoka uh, take her place in the big screen with one of my you know my favorite actors through my teen years being the one of the villains. Um, but yeah, uh, that just about wraps it up. I'm mm-hmm. I do not have a book review. Uh, this week because one well, we're out of I time. Have a, I've got a, a bit of well, it, there's a Kickstarter going on at the moment for a Good Omens novel, um, a graphic novel illustrated by Coloring Doran. Of the twenty-five thousand pounds it's trying to raise, it's currently sitting at one point three million. She's uh, um, pounds pounds to dollars. That oh man, it, that I'm getting Australian dollars here, so that's you know irrelevant. Okay. Because they're that's a confetti currency, um, but yeah, one point three million pounds. Um, it's still got nineteen days to go, but I got one of her other graphic novels, and it's beautiful sort of illustrations to go with the story. Um, I've got to assume that uh, Neil Gaiman penned the thing uh, because he's had collaborated with her before. Um, so yeah, um, but it's up on Kickstarter and have a look for it. Uh, Good omens. The official and ineffable graphic novel. That's that's another thing. Good Omen season two was also incredible. Mm. That was my. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, so it was. Uh, I get highly recommended. Um, because it's yeah, it's Neil Gaiman, and uh, it was a an elevation over the streets before. Oh, brilliant! My my book review. I have not read it yet, but I will be running a Kickstarter for Kevin J. Anderson that launches in September. Uh, that is a novel of Persephone, which is based off of a screenplay that he and a film producer are um, are working on uh, bringing to uh, the screen. And it's basically about life on the closest viable planet, which is uh, Proxima B. Um, and they call it Persephone because it's easier to say than Proxima B over and over again. So, um so uh, that's coming to Kickstarter mid-September. I don't have a link to it right now, but um, I might well, have a link. In September, you could. Sh- yeah, for next month, I could. I'd next share. month, we got time. And I'm I'm totally marketing right now to uh, Alex because uh, I've learned now that Alex is a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unless I am, not like I've I've been. Recently, just for just you know, for work purposes and inspiration for my own personal writing, um, I have I'm chewing on three three books at the same time, um, which is uh, they're all well, one being Foundation, uh, was it uh, the mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah uh, Foundation, Dune, and then uh, the three three body problem. Um, oh, all of them excellent books. Yeah, so I, I've I've read I've read Dune before. Um, it's been yep. it's been a long time since like high school since I've read uh, I've read Foundation, and I have yet to have go through Three Body Problem properly. With Foundation, I assume you're going to read is it Second Foundation, Foundation and Empire, and then uh, the I've I've been sitting on like 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 six Audible credits, and it's like oh for like two Audible credits you can get the entire series. I think don't mind if I do. Yes, <laughs> hello, cat. Um, but the three body problems also... on the international interwebs by your your cat there. Yeah, well, it's... yeah, he's a he's a himbo. He's the he's, uh, from one ginger to another. <laughs> we share the one brain cell, and he's demanding it back. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah the three body problem i just totally geeked out over the nerd stuff going on in that and all the physics and and stuff oh, yeah. it's just it was an enjoyable read but uh oh. yeah that's that that is the, 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 uh, thank you again for it's one pound is 1.27 USD. okay it's about a lot. almost a buck and a half okay yeah a lot of money damn um <laughs> but 
on on that note um thank you everyone who has tuned in to our little nerdy show where we talk nerdy by night and my cat is but i have my cat's biting <laughs> it's now time to feed him i guess before i become dinner mm-hmm. uh, i have i have been your perpetually disheveled and the cat bitten host alex i have been once again joined by my illustrious co-hosts gomi and rem uh Gomi, Rem, give them your socials wherever they can find you. Um, I'm doing the Impossible Emporium, barely touching it, along with its YouTube channel, mucking around with doing virtually nothing these days. Um, That's pretty much it. Uh, You can find me at uh, Rem Alternus um, Productions on Facebook, the Rem Alternus um, on, well, I'm barely on Twitter. Don't bother with that. But um, yeah, Remel Turnus anywhere. I'm kind of the only one. Uh, and we are going to be doing a lot more streaming on the Shadowcasters Network and on um, the Catalyst YouTube channel. Uh, we did a huge at this, the con uh, live stream every day uh, at Gen Con. There's going to be more and more and more coming. So um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Ready. Well, uh, thank you for everyone who tuned in once again. And uh, until next time, I will be seeing you later. All right. Uh, Oh, God. Where's the transition card? Uh... Fascination on Facebook.